now streaming the Netflix and Swill podcast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to uh, a Netflix and Swill Stranger Things review in two parts. Why? Why uh, are you changing this up? You, you, I, I don't. I don't understand you. We have w- a thing. Welcome to Strange. Welcome to Stranger Things Three: A Review in Two Parts, presented by Netflix and Swill. Uh, okay, sure. You do whatever you want. <laughs> I'm going to skip past bantery <laughs> stuff because uh, a pressing issue has come to my attention, uh, like, literally moments before we started recording. So, uh, Caleb, Mr. I'm, I don't play the sports balls, is going to play a sports ball today because he's going to play hockey. There is no ball in hockey. Uh, that's not necessarily true. Well, there's a ball in field hockey. That's n- not what I'm talking about. I'm specifically talking about... Deck hockey. Now, that's what you say you're playing, and that is played with a ball. But uh, if you're on skates, it's not deck hockey. I'm getting ahead of myself. You're going to play hockey, uh, and this mm-hmm. is awkward for two reasons. One, you, as far as to my knowledge, have never played hockey. And two, you didn't ask me, the guy who's played a lot of hockey, to play hockey. Yeah, well, it actually is like roller hockey, so I I have to learn how to skate. So I figured I would learn how to skate and then ask you to come so that you're not, like, coming on the show and be like, man, Caleb's the shittiest skater. You you should see what a fucking fool he looks like. See, fucking I don't... Fucking fat piece of shit. I, I don't do that because it doesn't help anybody. Like, that doesn't help you skate <laughs> better. Like, me being like, oh, look at you. You suck. Like, if I say, okay, you suck. Here's how you get better. Then that's, like, actually constructive and also stating a fact. Like... I'm not going to be like, oh, no. man, Caleb sucks. He's never played before, and he sucks. Like, uh, okay. <laughs> that helps nobody. Fucking 32 years old and doesn't know how to skate. Are, are you in a league, or is this just like a pickup game, or what? I need more information. Uh, I guess it's like a a YMCA thing, but I guess it's just like a pickup thing they do on Sundays. So, I don't know, it kind of got like brought to my attention pretty last minute, so I didn't really have like a solid plan but i guess i'm going to do it so uh 
if I end up doing it as a regular thing, I'll let you know so you can come up and and we'll do that. So I think I've been to that that YMCA rink. It is an outdoor rink. Uh, it has like little holes in the the plastic where you would skate in order for rain to fall through and you know not pool up and therefore That's correct. make everything the worst. Uh, I did my tryouts for the Clarion Roller Team there, and uh, it went fine. It, it's not the greatest surface in the world, but it's it's a surface. It's better than the <laughs> gymnasium floor that we uh, we used and skated on, and uh, was not made for right. skating. So you slid all the fucking time. <laughs> it actually made me a better skater because it like helped me maintain like it taught me how to maintain my balance but uh for actual pure skating uh jesus fucking christ did it suck yeah i don't know i have pretty weak ankles so we'll see how it goes i need i need someone to take a picture of your garb uh, that you wear when you do this because i just need to know if you're wearing all the correct protections and such because uh i I don't think you understand how much protections you you're gonna need like do you have shin guards uh, they provide all of that. Oh. Yeah, apparently there was, like, a wealthy investor who wanted to establish a fucking roller hockey league for the YMCA locally, and they paid for, like, all of the equipment for, like, 20 people's worth. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I don't... Some anonymous donor who apparently loves hockey. I don't know. Uh, big shock here, Caleb. I gave, I won the lottery and gave all of my money to the YMCA a, an hour and a half away from me in order for them to play hockey. Oh, that's dope. You you knew it was the long con. You would wrangle me into doing it and then exactly. complain about me not asking you. Nailed it. Uh, <laughs> that's weird. I don't know. I, ha- I still have all of my stuff. Uh, I played hockey one time uh, like a year and a half ago. Or no, it was a year ago. Uh, when I was off work and I had just gotten an influx of money, so I'm like, I want to go treat myself. I'm gonna go uh, play hockey, and it felt like my lungs, like afterwards, it felt like my lungs were going to collapse. My heart was going to stop. Uh, every muscle in my body hurt because I hadn't skated in years at that point. So you're probably in better cardiovascular shape than me, but my skating technique would be uh, infinitely better. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm just going to try to skate real fast and slam into the walls a bunch. Oh, so you're going to be Constantine Koltsov. Okay. <laughs> and then if I actually manage to, like, shoulder check somebody into the wall, I'm going to say, yeah. what the fuck's up? Skate much? You, you, you can't. It's roller league. You, you're yeah. not going to have shoulder pads, so you're not going to be able to check people. So good. Not with that attitude. No, I'm telling you that you will not be able to do so. I did that one time. There was uh, I was playing in a in like a league, and there was some douchebag on the other team who just for some reason was very upset with me. I wasn't doing anything; like I was just playing the game, and he was just very upset with me. So I'm like, ah, fuck it, I'll check him. I'll fuck with this guy. And, and you know, they <laughs> they sent me to the box, but then he cross checked me after I checked him, and they sent him to the box. I'm like, cool, awesome. Uh, we won that game by forfeit because. Uh, they only had five players at the time, and three of them wound up in the penalty box. So, <laughs> like, because they couldn't field skaters, they just went, game's over, uh, you guys auto-lose. I'm like, wait a minute, what? Just give us a goal. Like, that that's a better idea, is to just give us a goal and keep the thing moving. No, apparently, we, we just got a free win because we agitated them enough. 
It's like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> That's fucking great. Yeah, I don't know. I It is outdoors, and it's been very hot lately, which brings me to my second banter topic, which is that I have been insatiably thirsty for, like, a week. So I'm not having alcohol on the show. Uh, I'm sitting here with a can of pineapple juice, a coconut water, and a Red Bull. All right, I would like to bring up an alcohol that I had yesterday. Uh, it was a Bud Light lemon tea. So I didn't even know this existed. I knew about Bud Light Orange, hmm. and I still want to try that. But Bud Light lemon tea isn't awful. It's not good. Like, it's it's far from good, but it's tolerable. I would only ever have one can. Oh, also, I guess the second thing I had was uh, the Pabst Blue Ribbon coffee thing that they, they're they doing now. Uh, I only had, like, a swig of that and it's actually good if you like coffee like if you have those monster energy drink coffee things tastes just like that just with like a little booze no, that's it I, I I drank for like the first time in a, in a month and a half so I also had a shot of tequila straight up you know everyone else was doing training wheels and I'm like no no if you're gonna drink do, drink if you're not don't don't do training wheels like just don't do tequila shots if you're if you're gonna take training wheels. Be a real person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh this has been an impromptu segment of what's your swill. I saw a guy do a stunt man one time. What's a stunt man? It's when you snort the salt, take the shot, and squeeze the lemon in your eye. Oh. Uh I that, th- I that young man died. I'm sure he did. I thought about doing the uh Chevy Chase and Caddyshack. Which is, uh, I, I forget exactly what he does, which is why I didn't do it. But also because this was someone else's house and I didn't want to throw tequila over my shoulder into somebody's house. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to remember. The only thing I can remember is him throwing the shot over his shoulder. He, he snorts the salt, does something with the... I think he sucks on it, actually. I don't, I don't actually know what he fucking does. But he, he, like, he does something with the lem- with the lime and then throws the tequila shot over his shoulder. I'm like, okay. That's funny. <laughs> Let me show you the way to do a tequila shot, and it's, you don't. Yeah, because it's garbage. Exactly, tequila is terrible. Uh, and people do it just to make themselves like look cool in front of people, I guess. I don't, I don't know the whole. It's like, oh look, tequila. Let's all share in misery as we do this awful, awful thing that requires many, many things to be good. I call it tequila. I do enjoy a margarita. Well. That's because it's mixed in with a bunch of shit. But, like, tequila by itself is straight up terrible. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, I think we're we're bantered out. I, I'm just aghast that Caleb didn't invite me for hockey time. But that's whatever. So uh, let's hop over into some news. Oh, shit, it's mail time. I'm sorry, buddy. I just didn't think of it for some reason. So... The uh, Miley Cyrus on a roll song from Black Mirror is uh, like climbing up the charts and it's going to be like her big hit of the year, basically, I guess. Discuss. Hey, yeah, whoa, I'm on a roll. Uh, I'd rather die than give you control. Oh, wait, shit. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> so they made an episode about how a tortured artist is forced to make really generic pop songs and the global audience is dumb enough to eat it up, but the artist is miserable about it. And then the global audience was like, man, this song's great. 
and Black Mirror did the the shocked Pikachu face. I mean, it's it's a catchy song. Like Shampoo said, it it is a catchy song. So like, I'm not I'm not mad at this, I, and I'm not disappointed. It's more just like expected than anything. Well, it just goes to show that like pop music is pretty much engineered to be catchy, which is what they did for the song in the episode, and it's really catchy. I just want to see, because uh, I'm in iTunes right now, I just want to see like if it tells me where it charted at, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I know that uh, Miley just came out with an album, and like this song is performing better than her big single off of her album. Uh, as of right now, I don't think that's true. No? I don't, well, I don't think so. Let me see. I have to, it wasn't I have to the time that I published this. Which I believe was, that. Uh, a couple oh, days okay. Ago. So it's actually listed as Ashley O on, uh, on right. iTunes. I'm yeah, on which iTunes. is also funny. No, uh, as of right now, as we record this, which is uh, earlier because Caleb has to go play the hockey, I don't see the the Black Mirror song at all on the chart, which is whatever, and that also makes sense considering that it's fucking. Um, it's pop music, so of course it's, like, replaceable. Let's see. The article's from Billboard. It could have been the UK charts. I don't know. Uh, let's see. On Tuesday, Miley Cyrus released a headline-grabbing video for Mother's Daughter, the empowering clip from for the lead track from Cyrus' She Is Coming EP. Features a diverse set of cameos. This is boring. <laughs> okay, so the EP debuted at Billboard's... Uh, on Billboard's Hot 100 at number 54 in okay. June. Okay. Uh, and this week landed on Billboard's Pop Songs Airplay chart at number 37. Okay, this this article's stupid because they're comparing the the Billboard chart to Spotify's Top 100 because... That's... Oh, my God. Journalism's dead and we killed it. Yeah. Alright, so don't read any more articles from Billboard.com. Music journalism is bullshit. Yeah, let's just listen to Anthony Fantano shit about shit on about fucking Dance Gavin Dance for ten minutes. <laughs> I apologize, everybody. That article's stupid. It was basically all headline, and it was like, oh, uh, the headline is actually that uh, we're comparing two completely different things that have two completely different metrics to them. Sigh. All right, well, here's an article that I did read. This is from Vox. And that's exactly why I didn't read it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, despite that, it, it was a fairly interesting read. They, but Okay, they do some good journalistic things, but altogether, Vox is the Kotaku of pop, pop culture shit. It's really true. Like, I was pissed off at an article from them a couple weeks ago. I can't remember what. Like, Jason Trier from Kotaku does a lot of good j gaming journalism stuff, but then he'll publish, like, stupid self-serving shit, just like all of them do. It's like, hey, look at these, uh, look at these, uh, uh, the microtransactions. Don't they look like dolphins? It's like, who cares? I don't know. Like, <laughs> the shit that I expect from Kotaku is, like, why 20 years later earthbound was low-key a feminist masterpiece and it's just like get the fuck out of here that's probably a real kotaku article uh, hold on uh, uh you do tell your story as i look up kotaku okay. earthbound <laughs> 
All right. Well, basically, the gist of this article was uh, the headline is why Stranger Things is perfect for product placement. So basically, we've talked about this a lot. Uh, Netflix is still spending money like crazy. And we'll we'll get into that. They uh, have not shown a profit at all, which drives their investors crazy. And now they've kind of landed in a position where they have to go toe to toe with Disney, who is like one of the best companies in the world at diversified income. So the solution seems to be brand sponsorships and good old fashioned selling out. So (laughs) we'll, we'll definitely talk about this during the review, but like there were whole sequences in stranger things three, where they just show the Coke can for like an extended time or like the characters talk about Coke and how new Coke is so good slash disgusting. I don't know. I mean, it makes sense because, like, from the very beginning, this show has been about product placement. There's Stranger Things board games. There's Stranger Things branded Ego waffles. We just got a D&D set. There's the D&D set. There's Mongoose and Schwinn bicycles and skateboard decks that are branded for Stranger Things. Uh, Let's see. Candles. Uh, I have the Hopper coffee cups. There's doormats, sneakers, which are also Ghostbusters sneakers. Uh, because the kids on Stranger Things watched Ghostbusters and wore sneakers. And there's drink coasters shaped like Eggo waffles that are a Stranger Things product for some reason. I don't I don't know if you remember this to promote, I think it was for season two. Burger King did the upside down whopper. Oh, they which did literally that Yeah, it literally is just a fucking whopper that's upside down. Uh <laughs> so stupid. But yeah, uh what do you think? Like this All right. Uh, I I I'm just going to go into this financially. And let me talk let me talk to you about this. So, in general, the number one way for you to start making money is not to acquire Control more spending. money. It it is to control spending. Now we're going to talk about an article about how Netflix is going to restructure how they're handing out money in the first place, which they've needed to do for at least the entire run length of this show. Uh, you know, uh, 152 episodes now. Uh, we're, I think we're on or 153. I can't remember exactly. Uh, one of the two. But regardless, like you need to control spending in order to turn profits. And when you hand out $15 billion a year on original content uh, that most people don't even see and you just turn around and cancel after like four to eight weeks, uh, then it's just a waste of money. Like there needs to be more content curation and actually taking a more HBO approach, which is to make it a prestige type network. Like, hey, Mm -hmm. you want creative control uh, and you're someone who is up and coming or is highly established. We'll give you the money and you can do whatever you want. Okay. But like you give these first time filmmakers who just picked up a camera for the first fucking time and you give them $10 million to do whatever they want. And that doesn't sound so bad because it's just $10 million. But then you keep giving these new up and coming filmmakers who have never touched a camera before $10 million to keep making more and more movies. And one of them will hit eventually, but like you're just loading up your streaming service with garbage. So now in order to turn a profit, you have to sell out to Coke and new Coke 
in order to make back some money, but it's going to be pennies on the dollars compared to the actual production cost of what you've made. Like, so I don't, I, I understand it when you don't serve ads and I, I'm going to bring, I, I do want to jump ahead a little bit, but, uh, Another fucking study was run about how if anyone like if Netflix ran ads they would lose they would lose a ton of customers and that's correct they would but no. people were like Netflix better not fucking do this or I'll kill them and I'm like uh, first of all read the title because it says a study says also Netflix has discussed this and come to the same fucking conclusion as this study so they're never doing it which is why they're doing baked in ads a la New Coke I don't know like. <laughs> I was really wishing that they would go the Wayne's World 2 route and when they had their big discussion about new Coke, like fucking Dustin would walk out all dressed in Adidas stuff and just be like, I think it's disgusting how these corporations have such control over you. It should have been, it should have been as they were walking out of, uh, uh, real quick spoilers for Stranger Things, but when they're walking out of fucking Back to the Future, they should have been like, man, all that product placements for like DeLoreans and the, these these zipping sneakers and all this stupid shit. It's, it's, it's <laughs> disgusting what, what corporations get into. Man, I could really go for a new fucking Coke right now. <laughs> like, th- those are like obvious, like, okay, we're yeah. obviously, we obviously have a thing to do. And we're gonna do it in our absurd way, and like it would have been cool, but of course they have to go the the route that they did, which we'll get into. Which like there there is like a heavy handed layer of absurdity to it, but I don't know. I mean, it worked immediately after I saw that scene. I was like, man, they were supposed to bring out new Coke again for a limited run, like when the show came out. Like, and, why haven't I did. seen that anywhere? They, they so did. Then, Apparently, you had to buy it online from. The well, Coke yeah, that's store what I, I was like because I knew they were doing that, and I was like, "Well, I haven't seen it." So I did a quick Google search while I continued watching the show, and found out that it's only available through their website. So then I went to their website and spent twenty dollars for a Stranger Things uh, gift pack, which contr- contains two glass bottles of Coke that have special. Stranger Things labeling, and then two cans of New Coke, and then I I I pressed uh, confirm order, and then I was like, boy, that was a stupid fucking thing to do. Well, don't worry, we the, the reimbursement money is coming your way, friend. <laughs> well, yeah, because we have to drink the New Coke and then talk about it on the show. See, I actually was going to. I, I, I thought for some reason originally that the new Coke was coming to stores. So I was like, okay, I'll just pick. That's some, what I thought. I'll pick up some new Coke on my way up to Caleb's when we build the, the Lego stranger things thing. We'll talk about new Coke. We'll build uh, the, the, the set and you know, it'll be like a stranger things weekend. And then they, none of this fell into place and the build took nine hours. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was supposed to be like the Ecto Cooler whenever the Paul Feig's Ghostbusters came out. Because they reintroduced Ecto Cooler for a while. Yeah, I remember that. Member, member feeling and safe. And both, both are owned by the Coca-Cola company. Member Reagan? I remember Reagan. There was a fucking picture of him in this season. Was there? I don't remember that at all. I thought, I, I'm pretty sure when they went to the mayor's office, there was a picture of Reagan hanging up. And I was like, ha, it's the devil. 
I mean, knowing Carrie always is the mayor. <laughs> Dude, we'll we'll talk about this more in depth, but like, yeah, the fucking like bit parts that they had in this season were amazing. But All yeah, right, that's I... it. Um, I I bought new Coke for twenty dollars, and uh, also immediately after I was watching this, I was like, oh, I don't have the season two box set that's Target exclusive, so I bought that also. So now I'll have both. Hopefully they do one for season three. They they will. It's their biggest thing. I guarantee people actually buy it. Yeah, I don't know. Because um, the season two one was on sale or clearance, possibly. Hmm. But like, because those were like the Blu-ray DVD combo packs that had the really cool old VHS packaging. But like, they also did a, a 4K version for the season two and it has different packaging. So I'm worried that I'm not going to get the cool like collector's edition one for season three. Hmm. I do need to get the four Ks. Uh, this is a real quick thing. So if you guys remember smithereen from black mirror season five or whatever it was, uh, hell was like a company that was like Facebook and kind of shit. Uh, they basically set up an email for Billy, the the guy who runs Smithereen. Uh, they also set up a LinkedIn page and all that kind of shit. So they went very deep into setting up Smithereen. Uh, why did they do that? I don't know. I'm assuming promotion. But of course, I emailed Billy Bauer and just said, uh, uh, I'm just making sure this works. Like, is this a real <laughs> thing? What have, what have you done? And of course, I reached Billy Bowers out of office, which is, hey, you've reached Billy. I'm currently on a 10-day retreat, cleansing my soul. In the position I'm in, it's important to take a step back and reflect, don't you think? Anyway, I'm out of the office. So far out of the office. I'll respond when I can. In the meantime, Penelope Wu is in charge. If you've gotten this far, you should know how to contact her. Peace. So that's about as far as I got. Uh... And I even called the number that was associated with Billy's, and it's like, hi, you've called Smithereen. We're not f- f- fully set up yet. Uh, please call back later. And I haven't called back later yet, but... So that's a whole thing. Huh. Cool. Alright, uh, on to our next story. Caleb. It's back. New Coke. No. It's back. Better. <laughs> it's the top ten list from the UK. Oh, shit! It's not dead. Thank God. I don't know I don't know why it uh it it was missing in the first place last week, but it was and it's back. So, let's talk about it. At the first position is Shaft. Oh my. Yes. Uh <laughs> second we have Murder Mystery. Third is Jane the Virgin. Four still in the top 5 when they see us. Uh in the fifth spot, Black Mirror. Six, Despicable Me. Seven, Girls Incarcerated. Wait, Eight, the first Despicable Me? Oh, uh, sorry, Despicable Me Trace. Three. Okay. Sorry. That makes a uh, bit more sense. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, Maybe seven, it just released there. I don't know. I don't, I don't follow those lists. I, I care about one country and one country only. We just celebrated Independence yeah. Day, so. Yeah. Uh, seven, Girls Incarcerated. Eight, Jessica Jones. That's actually miraculous. Uh, nine good girls and ten designated survivor. So uh, anything you want to talk about there? Yeah, I, I don't know. I just continue to marvel at the staying power for when they see us. I know. Especially considering it's in like the four spot above Black Mirror. 
I, I know, I think we talked about last week where they said 23 million people across the world had watched it so far, which is incredible. Uh, so I'm assuming only more and more people are visiting it or maybe even revisiting it. But yeah, it's, it's pretty fucking incredible. All right, uh, here, here's the story about Dan getting in, infuriated with people. Uh, Netflix has pledged to cut back smoking depictions in its shows and films after anti-tobacco group, The Truth Initiative, those people with the orange commercials that annoy the fuck out of me, yeah. uh, criticized a surge in tobacco imagery in Stranger Things and other content on Netflix. Uh, I didn't. Those commercials make me want to smoke so fucking bad. I know. Because like, I don't want to fucking be like those people. The fucking morality police. Go fucking fuck yourself. So I used to be like that as a child. Like, Dare actually worked on me. I didn't go out and smoke. Like, I don't I don't begrudge anyone for smoking anymore because I don't care. Like, it's not that big of a fucking deal. Like, if you want to die, well, you can die on your own time. That's fine. Yeah, and that's the thing. If you don't know that smoking's bad for you by now, you're a fucking dipshit. Yeah. Dude, it... The show took place in the fucking 80s. Like, everybody fucking smoked or did cocaine. Usually both. I know. <sighs> I, don't, I, I don't get it either. All right, and uh, the final story comes from IndieWire, and it says, Triple Frontier leads to Netflix cutbacks on huge spending for films. This is a report uh, by IndieWire. Uh, and leafing through this, so let's talk about this. Netflix spent $115 million to acquire Triple Frontier. Yeesh. They reported back in April that 52 million households had streamed Triple Frontier. Now, I know last week we said, oh, that's fucking stupid. Don't ever compare uh, millions of people to t in ticket prices and say, like, what the box office would be. But let's do that here. Because assuming $10, $10 a view, you're looking at... $500 million on a $115 million investment. But according to Netflix, uh, Triple Frontier is considered a massive flop. That's the most interesting thing I've ever heard in regards to Netflix's fucking marketing model, or like numbers model, ever. How is 52 million people watching a fucking movie a flop? If you aren't successful... With something getting 52 million people to watch it, you should not invest in that thing. So, like, it's a relatively short article. Uh, you could find this over on Twitter. Uh, Ted Sarandos reportedly held a meeting in early June with high-ranking TV and film execs where he discussed his new plan for being more picky with spending, good, on original productions. Good, good, good. Future Netflix yeah, originals finally. will be greenlit based on their ability to bring in large number of viewers... Uh, it should be large numbers of viewers uh, and not strictly for critical appraisal or earning Netflix industry or awards credibility. I don't know how I feel about that. I got a show about gay dragons here. <laughs> that South Park episode was the fucking best. I I'm cool with them cutting back, but I'm like, you also need to realize, hey, you can spend like $10 million on something and it can be mildly successful. And that's that's fine. Like, they do that with a shit ton of Netflix movies as it is. Like, Paddleton was probably, they, they probably spent, like, $4 on it. And that was watched by a shit ton of people. So, and that's a, a successful movie. Like, you don't have to spend $115 million on what was an R-rated movie. So that's already restricting in the first place. Like, 
what was dead i think the first deadpool was made for 80 million something like that and then yeah. they bumped it up to like 100 million for the second one like you you have to take calculated Actually, risks. i think i think the first deadpool was more like 50 million uh, let's take a look uh, it was probably up 58. to 80 million by the time they did the promotion and stuff yeah but fi- 58 is the reported budget like that makes sense because you're you're segmenting off like a good portion of your audience because they're not gonna like they can't watch like i, I know it's it's netflix and it's the wild west and children can watch whatever the fuck they want but like y- you know you could have the parents just be like okay uh parental controls you can't watch fucking triple frontier and you know you're segmenting off part of your market so like I don't know. $150 million is a bad idea to spend on anyway in the first place. But then like if 52 million people watching it doesn't turn a profit for it, why did I don't, I don't get it. A Netflix spokesperson declined to comment on the specifics about its internal metrics, but said the company uses viewing relative to cost as one measure of, Oh, here, let me rephrase that said the company uses viewing relative to cost as one measure of, of success. And it's always looking for ways to get better. Uh, quote, there has been no change to our content budgets, nor any big shifts in the sorts of projects we're investing in or the way we green light them. said the spokesperson said, so wait, wait, so it's either they're changing the way they're greenlighting things or they're not. So <laughs> I guess like it's a public face, but I, I don't I don't fucking know, man. I which is why I'm just more interested in the the fact that they said Triple Frontier bombed on a hundred and fifty million dollar budget where fifty two million people fucking watched it. Like I don't I don't know. Like that doesn't make sense to me. Like that's what they're up to like 130 million subscribers worldwide now, something like that. Right. Yeah. That's like 40% of your market. How, how, like if 40% of my users watch something, that's a fucking success period. Oh, apparently up to 148 million. So I don't understand. So 33%. That's still a success. I don't get it. I don't, I don't, you know, we, we've been doing this podcast for three years. We didn't know anything about how Netflix worked with their models and like how they determined value for something, uh, when we started and we still don't know three years later anything about anything because nothing they do makes sense and it all feels reactionary. Good job, Netflix. Let's move on to downstream for <laughs> the, the stupidest fucking thing you'll see all week. Baby, I can't control the internet. So, I want to see this more than anything else in the world right now. This is uh, a fever dream starring David Harbour, and it is called Frankenstein's Monster's Monster, Frankenstein. So, it's like an Orson Welles kind of thing, like Harbour's doing, apparently his dad was a, this is all fiction, but his dad was a a noted auteur or something like that. And uh, they're kind of doing a documentary piece on him with Harbor as the lead and like talking to collaborators he worked with. And his dad is very much supposed to be an Orson Welles ripoff uh, in, in so (laughs) fact that David Harbor is doing his best Orson Welles impression without talking about the French champagne. champagne. Ah, that was Corey's fucking text tone. For like four years straight, show me that video, <laughs> and I laughed for amazing. twenty minutes. Uh, I almost died. 
you know, when we were doing the soundboard uh, for all of four episodes, that was one of the things I wanted to put on the fucking soundboard was Orson Welles going, oh, the French champagne. (laughs) Just to piss off Nick, but whatever. Oh, shit. I don't have any info on, like, runtime or anything like that. It's just, I I assume it's going to be about an hour long. Uh, Also, it is the perfect trailer because it is uh, 1 minute 31 seconds, so. Nice. Oh, 32 minutes. So we're we're gonna have to have a best Netflix original short category this year. It looks like. Dude, Netflix is definitely cornering this market on just like weird shit that like, uh, like viral shit. I don't know, like yeah, Bash like, Brothers. Yeah, Bash Brothers. Uh, Anima. Even though like I don't consider that stupid, I think it's very good. But like, it's weird. It's one of those things that like. Because it's so quick, everyone's going to watch it at least, like, twice. And then... Yeah. Whatever. But, like, I I like this direction. I, I do think this is cool. Because no one's doing, like, elongated shorts. Like, no one does short films anymore. It's all feature-length shit. And Netflix is like, okay, we can do a special uh, with people who we trust. Like, apparently they trust David Harbour, even though uh, everyone saw Hellboy and realized you shouldn't trust him at all. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we're gonna watch this this will be a uh i know we talked about how we don't have topics for like uh next week we'll have a topic which is going to be uh, point blank but uh the following week and the week after that we don't have topics for because we don't watch any of the shows that are coming out that week so here's a topic for that week hooray i'll just read the synopsis david harbour delves into the eight a- the enigmatic oh my god i can't speak today history of his legendary acting family as he examines his father's legacy and role in a made for tv play uh this comes out on the 16th of july so everyone join in with us as we watch watch that i can't fucking wait this looks so stupid <laughs> what, what did i say on facebook it was like uh i see netflix is corning the market of stupid fucking things that i want to watch I think that's what I said. What did Just I say? the the conceit of it is incredible because it's like an old timey like TV play for like his dad's shitty Frankenstein fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! All right, uh, so with that, we're gonna hop into a quick break here, and uh, when we come back, we're gonna talk to you about the thing that you've wanted us to talk about for the last uh, however long of runtime this episode has gone so far. Stranger Things season three. Now, before you skip ahead, uh, we will be doing a non-spoiler section first, and then a spoiler section uh, after that. So please check your show notes that way you know what to skip. And if you haven't finished Stranger Things season three yet, and you get spoiled. Uh, we're going to be spoiling things prior to season three, so let's skip over Stranger Things entirely if you're doing that. But uh, if you get spoiled, it's not our fault. It's yours at this point. That's it. Goodbye. <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is JD from the In Session Film Podcast. Each week, we review the latest from Hollywood, California. Well, yes, Brendan. We also give top three lists. Okay. Yeah. Thanks again, Brendan. 
Additionally, you can hear us talk other movie news, trailers, varying movie series, or other interesting film-related topics, and even rants and raves of the week. On top of our main show, every Friday, you can also hear our extra film podcasts. Uh, you can listen to the In Session Film podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or at InSessionFilm.com. Listen to the In Session Film podcast every Monday and Friday. Subscribe today and hear me verbally beat JD like a Cherokee drum. No, 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 no. That's not how this works, <laughs> sir. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it is time to talk about the thing people have been talking about since the beginning of the year. Stranger Things Season 3. So Welcome you... back, everybody. Yes, everyone now understands that Christopher Walken reference that has been completely cut from the show. <laughs> it's me, Christopher Walken. Uh, g- give me some thoughts on Stranger Things Season 3. Non-spoiler, of course. This uh, this season's very good. I think this might be my favorite season of this show. It's different. It It's a different season. Like, a lot of kind of the paradigm of the show, I guess, has been shifted. Because, I get, like, I guess this is a really mild spoiler. But, like, they don't go to the upside down at all. There's no, like, Demogorgon creatures at all. It's basically the Mind Flayer from Season 2. Uh, manipulating stuff, and then there's, like, new monsters that aren't in any way connected to the, like, the Upside Down or the Demo creatures. Like, they're just uh, constructs of the Mind Flayer doing his evil plan. So it's like this, uh, like, there's smaller creatures, but it's it's really just, like, a monolithic threat in this season. Like, it's all one entity doing stuff which is cool it works really well for the show the thing that i've always liked about this show and that it excels at is like using our nostalgia and kind of collective memory of the time period to like weave these disparate elements into a cool story so like um i don't know like focusing so much on mall culture in the 80s and like adding in the red scare is really like it really works well for this show that was some of my favorite elements cuz there's um i guess this is kind of a mild spoiler too like there's human uh bad guys too i don't want to dance around it too much but like there's there's a human element that is uh threatening the town as well sure uh, this is my favorite season of Stranger Things, mainly due to the fact that it is actually well-written. Uh, for the most part, everyone is w- well-written. There are certain gripes that I have, uh, such as certain characters who, uh, were promoted from being supporting characters to being a main character who should not have been a main character in any way, shape, or form, and I actually actively disliked when they were on screen, uh, but I will get to that. Uh, we also got introduced to a new character who, after the season, felt fully realized and helped another person uh, in character become fully realized that I liked. Like you said, the Red Scare element, the the Russians element, uh, which is the cold open of the show. It, it is set in Russia, so mm-hmm. you know the Russians are uh, a big part of this season based off of the first ten minutes of the show, so that's not much of a spoiler, if anything. Um, So... 
I, I like the the body horror that we get. There are certain body horror elements that are oh yeah excellent, uh, I- including uh, moments that remind you of a certain movie poster in some fourteen year old's basement. Like even beyond body horror, there's like the invasion element. Like there's uh, a lot of themes in this show about your body being taken over or invaded in some way, or like your mind like losing control of your own mind mm-hmm. and like so so that all worked very well for it i guess just like to clarify why i thought the the commie stuff worked so well we've talked about this on the show before but like if you forget or like just haven't thought about it in a while like the basis of this show is the real life project mk ultra which is something that the united states government and CIA did during the Cold War. So basically there was a rumor going around that uh, the Soviets were creating psychic super soldiers who would be able to remotely view our missile bases using their minds Mm -hmm. and like spy on us without ever having to leave Russia. And America being America was like, well, fuck that. We're doing that too. And we're going to do it better. So that was kind of the basis of like this secret lab and, you know, people developing psychic abilities and what ultimately led to them finding the portal to the other world. Uh, So in this season, since the lab got shut down and, you know, that that organization is now defunct, you know, the plot can't really continue unless some other human elements fucking around with stuff. Uh, And that's where the commies come in and you get to see. You know, their their version of it, which is like the the shitty, dangerous version of it, because all of their people get killed. Also, also because <laughs> it's communism and therefore everything they do is inferior. <laughs> yeah, like there definitely is the, the theme of that. I don't really know much what else to talk about. Like I, I hit my general thoughts on the writing like I thought every, really we're broken up into four stories here. Like there's four separate groups who are each doing their own thing. Four? Three? I think it's three. I th- I think I recognize three distinct groups, and they never really meet up with each other throughout the season until the climax. Right. So uh, I-, I would like to point out this was released on Independence Day or the 4th of July, and there's another movie that's set around the 4th of July that does that exact same thing. Born on the 4th of July. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Obviously, it's Independence Day. There, there are like four distinct stories that all meet up at the end, and then they yeah. they group up again, together again. Although they split up in order to resolve the conflict. I can fly. I'm pilot. Exactly. Uh, I watched that ten times on Independence Day. So <laughs> if anyone has any doubts as to whether or not I know what the fuck I'm talking about when it comes to that movie, uh, don't. All right, so that's uh for me that's my spoiler free thoughts on this. Everything else has to do with the plot. I think uh I actually real quick, I do think the CGI effects are better this season than they've ever been uh having rewatched seasons 1 and 2. With the exception of that cold open, that kind of that made me worried like right out of the gate for this show because the CGI effects in that cold open sequence in Russia yeah. are pretty dodgy, but then it got much better after that. The key to CGI isn't so much like the actual thing itself. It's 
is this based in reality lighting? Like, is the lighting realistic enough that it makes sense? Mm -hmm. And if you can't get the lighting correct, don't even try. And uh, I don't think they nailed the lighting in most of the other seasons. Like, uh, specifically, I'm talking about, like, the goo whenever they would go into the Upside Down in, in Hawkins' lab. The the goo looked fucking uh, uh, like they bathed it in light beforehand. It's like uh, it's in a dark room where they're going is dark. Where is this fucking fluorescent <laughs> light coming from? One of the other big things in the show is just like the pop culture references. So they referenced, you know, obviously mall culture and the whole thing with New Coke that happened the year this show takes place. But um. What other kind of pop culture nods did you pick up on? Because there was one, there was one that I really wanted to talk about that I thought was cool. But well, there, there was obviously they go at one point they go into uh, the movie theater because the mall has a movie theater. They go see Day of the Dead and um, Back to the Future, which uh, I will say this now: I hope to God that that is not a reference to what they do in a future season. Because if it is, oh, if, if they, no, no way. If they retcon with fucking time travel, hi, hi Avengers Endgame, uh, I will lose my <laughs> fucking mind. I could not imagine them doing that. Just, I guess more thematically, there was, uh, like, with the creature and some of the things that it can do, um, like, there's elements of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. The blob. I don't know. The the one that I got really excited about is like there's a character who basically is just a walking Terminator reference in this. Yep. Like the way he acts and dresses and the way that that character his, is used. His mannerisms. He is the Terminator. And at one point, uh, he's fighting one of the other characters and he gets hit in the head. And the the wound that he has is like the exact wound that uh the arnold schwarzenegger terminator gets in t2 judgment day yeah even watching it i was like oh why don't they have this guy be the new terminator in the terminator movie that's coming out instead of uh wiry little fucking boy. right yeah he already nailed it yeah instead they have wiry uh, wiry little boy and i'm like uh cool i guess you're threatening all right, so welcome to spoiler time, where we talk about all the spoilers for Stranger Things season three. So if you you haven't watched Strange, uh, any of Stranger Things season three, uh, skip ahead to the part where we talk about the video game for a little bit and then leave. <laughs> okay, the creature. My God, a, a fucking meat suit for the mind flare is amazing. See, they it. never said this in the show, but I've been referring to it as the meat flare. I mean, sure. But like, uh, it, it like making a physical form of itself through yeah. rats was like, cause all through Stranger Things marketing, there they were like rat emojis in like everything they tweeted out, and I'm like, I haven't watched anything outside of the first teaser because I I never wanted to see I I never wanted to be spoiled for the show. I just wanted to be like, okay, this is what they're setting up. It's about a mall. There's something weird going on at the mall. Cool. And then they're like, okay, uh, check out the, the, remember, everybody, be careful of the rats. And I'm like, okay, that's weird that rats are going to be involved in this. But, like, then you have that insane shot to, like, begin, like, to, I guess, in the middle of the, the first episode where all these rats are filtering into this abandoned steel mill. And you're like, what's going on? And then all of a sudden they just start fucking exploding. 
Yeah, and all the flesh clumps together and forms this creature. Uh, that was fucking amazing. And that's where, like, a lot of the the kind of look and feel for the thing came into this. Because, uh, like, the the thing's whole deal is that, like, it just uses whatever biomass it can find and, like, recombine into different shapes and stuff. So right. that was really cool. And then, uh, like I was saying, with the blob, it can... It can, like, pour through sewer grates by, like, turning into just, like, a, f- a blob of flesh. And they actually do that effect in a really cool way a couple times where, like, it'll pour through a grate or under a door or something. And or it'll leave behind. Yeah, it'll it'll leave behind bones that were too big to fit. Oh, yeah, it did, I guess. Yeah, uh, specifically, like, when it was fleeing from the hospital. Like, it went down through a sewer grate, or, like, a storm drain, mm-hmm. and, like, there was, like, half of a femur left, like, sitting on top of the grate when it went through. Alright, new theory. Let's let's pretend uh, this is, like, where the burbs is set is also in Hawkins, and that's actually the femur that the dog from the, berm, <laughs> the burbs found. And so, they, they, they arrested- You know what this the- is? It's a bone. It's a femur. It's a femur bone. They they arrested the Clopex, but in, in in reality, what that was was like a cover up. Like, oh yeah, they definitely murdered your the the people next door. They weren't turned into horrible thing monsters. Or the Clopex got flavor flayed. Yeah, I d- I like the whole running gag that Susie is uh, that girl that girlfriend from the school who uh, you've never heard of. Yeah, I met her over the summer. She she lives in a different state. Yeah, and you're like, oh, well, she's fake. Like, yeah. Come on, Dustin, get with it. And then and we'll, we'll whenever the payoff for that comes and you, you find out whether she's actually real or not, it's, it's fucking hilarious. It is. Uh, except it, it's like Paul's shitty soundboard and it goes on for far too long. <laughs> you don't see Steve outside of his sailor suit all season long. And it's hilarious. It is. It is. It, uh, normally, like last season, everyone's like, "Oh, cool, Steve's so badass with his nail bat and his hair and his like flannel and shit." And like, okay, yeah. And then this season, they're just like, "All right, let's make him a big fucking dork. <laughs> let's dress him up like a sailor scout." Yeah, let's put him in this in this sailor uniform for scoops ahoy. And uh, he's you never. Well, actually, outside of like the last episode. Uh, I don't want to get into too much, but like there, there's a bit where he's in normal clothing and you're like, oh, okay, he can dress like a human being. I think that's what I liked most about this season is just how different it was. The, the marketing all said like one summer can change everything. And really like they changed everything, everything yeah. in the show. Like it's an entirely new paradigm and it works so well, well for the you- show. Even with that, you have the first two episodes, which uh, it sprinkles in, like, the overall plot a little bit, but you also still have, like, the teen drama of, okay, Mike and Eleven are, uh, like, make-out crazy, which uh, makes sense. I mean, they're teenagers, of course, they're make-out crazy. I remember and, those days. And and Hopper is, like, freaking out because he's like, three inches, the door should be open three inches, and, you know, he's freaking out because they're spending too much time together, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, their whole drama of uh, Eleven dumps his ass because, uh, of course she does, because people, like, teenagers are stupid and they don't understand things. Like, 
Mike has <laughs> Mike has no idea how to explain that basically Hopper threatened him with death. That it, should he stick around for as long as he does, as opposed to just being like, "Hey, uh, your dad doesn't want us hanging out so much. Like, uh, let's, you know, let's take a step back and not like fucking destroy each other's faces every day of the yeah. of the summer." And instead, we have to have lies. It does eventually lead to like good character growth for both of them, though. Because, like, they they kind of realize that, like, they do need to have relationships with other people, and they both grow up a lot, so. Correct. So, so from that aspect, yes. But, like, the second episode is all about, like, Max and Eleven shopping, and then Lucas and Mike trying to get win them back through, like, buying them shit. And it's like, okay, this is, like, this is very much, like, teen comedy like it's it's a teen comedy and then mm-hmm. underlying that is this horrific element of uh the mind flare reconstituting itself with a flesh type body yeah because really aside from will like none of them has any sort of indication that anything's happening again i i feel bad for will uh again i know bill hates hates will uh <laughs> ironically enough but like they're not writing anything for will to do like will is basically at this point just like i'm the guy who's left out all the time like in the first season uh i was in the i was on the sidelines because i was in the upside down uh this next in season two he was on the sidelines because the mind flayer had taken over his mind again uh and then in the third season it's like hey i'm able to help but and like do stuff and i want to hang out with you guys and i'm sorry like i don't have a girlfriend like i don't spend time with her but like I, I need you guys too, and you're putting you're putting me on the sidelines this time. Like nothing supernatural is, you guys yeah. are. I don't know. I actually, that's like that's good and a fair point. But like, I also really liked his character in this season. Yeah, because like he does have a few moments where he grows up. I wish that he was written a bit stronger, but like I feel like towards the the back half of the season, he starts coming into his own. I was really feeling for him because all he wants to do is just play D and D with his friends, and I get it. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> like, like I, hey, I want to hang out with you guys. Like, we're we're supposed to be friends. Let's hang out. And they're just like, no, we got to get our girlfriends back. It's like, okay, but like, maybe take a second and realize, oh, we sh-, like, like you said with Mike, when they when he eventually realizes, like, oh, I should be having friendships with other people. Like, that's how this works. Like, you're. You're supposed to be two independent people who come together and make something great, but you also can spend time apart. I don't know. In like in the first season, there was the whole thing whenever Will went missing. Um, Joyce was talking to Hopper and was like, you know, his dad always said that he was a queer and stuff. And Hopper's just like, well, is he? And then uh, in like in this season, Will and Mike are arguing oh yeah and and mike's just like well it's not my fault that you don't like girls and will just kind of has a moment where it's like like it looks like mike just hit him you know mm-hmm. so i don't know if they're if they're trying to say that like he is or isn't like a, a gay kid which i mean i don't really care one way or another if that's where they want to go with the character but like i guess that would make sense especially given the time period why he's more introverted and doesn't really want to go out in the world and do things he wants to stay in the basement and play games with his buddies 
Well, sure, but then we also have, uh, and maybe it's just her character, but we have Robin and her reveal, and you're like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. that makes sense too. Like, it sucks for Steve because, like, I guess in reality, because he what? just poured his heart out to her and was like, hey, I really like you. Yeah, and she's like, yeah, well, nah. <laughs> yeah, but I love, I love their friendship though. Yeah, and that's what Steve ultimately gets as a friend. He doesn't get a, he doesn't get a girlfriend, but he gets someone he can actually hang out with. As, because like we found, you know, he doesn't fit with the jocks. He doesn't fit with Nancy and Jonathan. He he needs something different, and Robin is something different. But we'll we'll get into like final story stuff later. I just wanted to like compare her to Will, which is like she's I don't say more confident, but like she's more comfortable bringing that up. Than, mm-hmm. than Will, and maybe that's just because Will has more growing up to do before he realizes, you know, who he is. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I, um, I don't. I don't know if we're getting enough character out of Will to like truly understand what he is, because everyone else has had two seasons of development, and now we're finally getting character development for Will. Yeah, and you get like two episodes worth of it here. Yeah, Will kind of fills the same role in this season as like. uh Bilbo's magic sword plays in like the Hobbit movies. Sting. Yeah. Well, I know that. You know that. All of our listeners might not know that. Well, that's why I'm telling them the, the sword's name is Sting. It glows blue whenever there are orcs around. Yeah, and that's kind of Will has uh, that ability now since he survived being possessed by the mind flare, and like that affected his mind. He can sense whenever the mind flare is close. So whenever a monster shows up, like he gets the, the hair on the back of his neck stands up and, mm. you know, he's just like, all right guys, some, some shit's going to go down. Uh, I, I like that. Like, I'm, gl- I'm glad that they're using him for things in the show. Sure. But I, I want him to also be a character and not just like a tool. Yeah, definitely. Man, they did, a. Uh... Like towards the end of the show, they did a quick flashback where they show some stuff from season one, and I like aside from Mike because he's fucking Finn Wolfhard got tall and gangly, but uh, like I didn't realize how different they all looked. Well, uh, on their Instagram, Netflix did like a side by side of all of them from like seasons one to like to season now, and like they all look different, like. Millie Bobby Brown obviously looking the most different, being the fact that yeah. in season one she didn't have hair, and in this season she has uh, 80s hair. And then it shows uh, Sean Astin, and like it shows him as Sam Gamgee, and then it shows a skull for the season one to three comparison. Uh, he died uh, in season two. Yes. Uh, I want to bring up <laughs> my, my least favorite character of season three, and I want to know if it's also your least favorite character of season three. Uh, I want to talk about Erica and her being promoted to a series regular for some reason. I, hmm. It took me a little bit to get on board with Erica. Because I was just like, man, this, they keep focusing on this girl coming up and like bitching at the, the ice cream scoopers. But then like whenever she kind of gets roped into the adventure uh, and she's just like swearing constantly and stuff like she, like I think they used her to a pretty good comedic effect, and like I I ended up coming around to liking her character quite a bit. I didn't wind up liking her character until like episode seven, whenever her right. and Dustin have that like 
quote heart to heart in the in the ventilation where it's like, oh no, you're a nerd. You you did you did this equation in your head. You like these certain how things. Do you, how do you so much know so much about My Little Pony? Because well, I'm, I'm a nerd. nerd. <laughs> yeah, like like that when she realized, oh, I've been projecting on these people, and you know I should just embrace my inner nerd. And especially like in the last episode uh, when they give her the the player's handbook for D and D, like. And yeah. that's where she embraces her inner nerd. Like, no, dude, they gave her the red box, and the red box was the fucking shit for the original edition. But, like, regardless, like, okay, now she's embracing her nerd, so, like, maybe she won't be an insufferable character next season. Yeah. But for this season, like, for a majority of it, I was just like, why are we still focusing on this fucking character? <laughs> yeah, it takes a while to come around to liking her, and you never really like her as much as you like the other characters. Yeah, exactly. Like, I liked Robin infinitely more than I liked her. It's Lucas's little sister, so that makes sense. Like, they finally start to pay off the, like, hoppers into Joyce and has been the whole time. Thing, Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, we we got that in episode two when she stands him up for at Enzo's to go hang out with the fucking science teacher and, and talk about magnets and how the fuck they work. Yeah. <laughs> I liked the relationship between Nancy and Jonathan in this season. Like, uh, I don't know, they, like, they have a little bit of conflict because, like, Nancy grew up in a very privileged situation. And, like, Jonathan's like, you don't get me because you've never had to want for anything. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, like, Nancy's like, you don't understand how hard it is for a woman to like be taken seriously in a professional setting. So right. Like they're both in the wrong. Yeah. They, they both were in the wrong and I'm glad that they both realized that quickly. And it wasn't just this constant back and forth. So like they both, uh, actually learned something and grew as people a bit. The, the writing's very smart in that they can keep the plot moving along while giving you these character moments. I felt like every story was like perfectly paced. Like anytime there seemed like there was going to be downtime for a story, they'd immediately cut to another story and they'd mix in plot with uh, a character moment and it would just work. You know, every, every time. Oh, uh, uh, Hey Steve, you're, you're, you suck at dating. Okay, cool. Uh, Oh, I found out a translation for this Russian that that's going on right now. You know, Mm -hmm. anytime, there was a character moment, a plot moment almost immediately followed it, and they moved on to the next thing they had to do, and they moved on to the the, the next story. It's rare to see something where the writing, the direction, and the editing comes together just into a perfect storm like that, where there's really not a lull. Yeah. Exactly. Like, uh, I don't... I don't... There, there was no episode six or seven or whatever that was of season two where it's just like, holy fuck, we don't care. Like, uh, I, I have now, I, I've found more people who apparently haven't seen season two, and I'm like, hey, do this experiment for me. Tell me how, tell me what you think. And I know Julio is one of those, and he's like, well, if I hate it, uh, I'll come to you. And it's like, well, you won't hate it any more than the people who watch it regularly. So, there you go. <laughs> Alright, uh, I'm ready to get into super spoilers. Uh, everyone else's story is uh, very surface level and kind of formulaic. Uh, anything we've already talked about is uh, talked about. And now we get to resolve all these plot threads as uh, we talk about 
episode eight, which wraps up everything. It's over an hour long, so there's a shit ton of things happening. And I want to talk about the most important thing in the goddamn movie, or the whole goddamn show. The never-ending story. So... Yes. So it turns out Susie's real the whole time. Susie is real the whole time. We find we get that payoff, and uh, we need Plank's constant, because that is the combination to a safe that uh, is necessary for Joyce and Hopper. Like, this is the Independence Day moment, where everyone's communicating over radio, saying, hey, uh, we've done our thing. Now we Doesn't anybody do have thing. any missiles left? Sorry, I'm late, Mr. President. (laughs) It's jammed. It won't fire. Pilot, identify yourself. First of all, no one identified themselves at all before they did that. Like, they were just like, okay, Eagle 2, go in there and fucking shoot him with your missile. And he gets blown the fuck up. Eagle 2, Fox 4. Okay. uh, But outside, but yeah, there's your Independence Day moment where everyone's communicating over radio. And so, like, it's Hopper, Joyce, and Murray. That's his name, Murray. Uh, are yeah. stu- are in? I'm the glad fucking... they brought him back. What a fucking treasure! Uh, well, and he's like their plot device to figure out what the fucking Russian guy is saying, which is fine. They they include him in the adventure, and I'm good with that. But they're all in the, in the Russian base. They're all in like quote unquote undercover, and they need this fucking planks constant because things are happening in the base. And instead, what we get is to, in order for them to get Planck's constant from Susie, who knows it, there's a three-minute musical number where Dustin and Susie sing <laughs> the never-ending story song. <laughs> and it's three minutes long, and there's no need for it. Like, Murray, as a character, should have been the one who said, Children, we are trying to stop the world from blowing up fucking stop singing a fucking stupid song because he's already been agitated by all the kids so like you just you just needed to have somebody stop it after the first verse and chorus instead because I've never seen this so we got a, a two verses and two choruses with this this fucking song yeah they uh should have just like I get the bit and and I was with them I was ready to commit to this to doing this bit uh, had they just done, you know, ended it after the first time they go, ah, you know, yeah. that whole thing. Yeah. And then they the, keep going. Like that was you know, enough. Like, yeah. Like just, just, like, you need to understand comedy. Like, I don't know if they were sponsored by, uh, the, the never ending story, which we haven't even talked <laughs> about the, the new Coke thing, which we'll, we'll get into after this, I guess, which it doesn't fall into super spoilers cause it doesn't fucking matter. But uh, I mean, like, uh, why sing the whole fucking song? I, if there was any part that needed to be trimmed, it was that. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like because uh, it seems like the the people who actually do the editing on this have some sense. I'm guessing that that was left in at the behest of the Duffers themselves, who were like, "No, no, the whole song." <sighs> It just it just hurts the whole pacing because it's just like okay we have this life or death situation and everyone no one is bringing up the fact that it's a fucking life or death situation and instead yeah, they're just because, kind of sitting there because you have one group of people under attack from Russian soldiers and another group of people under attack from the mind flares meat suit and you're just gonna fucking stop. And they're gonna do a musical number, which is there has never been a musical number in this show. You didn't need to do it. <laughs> yeah, one one verse, one chorus, perfect. Perfect amount. But when you go past that, 
without like if they started the second the second verse and someone was just like okay done okay that's that's comedically funny yeah that that arguably would have been better than them just ending after the first chorus so there there's that that's that's probably outside of erica and her character as a whole uh with the exception of like the last the last episode where they actually let her be a character as opposed to like a caricature of a, a little sister who thinks her brother and her friends and his friends are fucking dorks. Uh, that was the worst part of, of the show. I'm not going to disagree with you. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about new Coke for a minute. Okay. Cause they, you can tell that Coke <laughs> gave them money cause they do a fucking like two minute long discussion because Lucas is drinking new Coke and they're like, oh man, I can't believe you drink that stuff. It's disgusting. So I, I want to set the scene here too, because it's actually relatively important, like why this is also out of place. Like kind of like how never ending story went on too long. This is just kind of super out of place because at the it's while Eleven's trying to like locate somebody using her powers. Uh, I guess, I guess it's not that out of place, but regardless, like, uh, the my the 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 meat flayer shows up at Hopper's cabin, destroys it, uh, mm-hmm. grabs onto L's leg, and leaves like a, a tracking device in it, basically, for lack of a better term. And yeah, there's they all like a little the, slug in her leg. Yeah, and they all run to the supermarket, uh, and they start to clean her wound and try to you know help her walk. And uh, all of a sudden, like they go over to the coke aisle, and there's new coke, and they're like, I Lucas starts drinking fucking new coke, and he's like, man, this is great, and everyone's like, I can't believe you drink this. But it's just like, unnecessary. Like, if I was doing it's my It's masturbatory. Cut of this, if I was doing my cut of this show, uh, that would be completely stricken, because there's no need for it in any way, shape, or form outside of uh, raising capital. Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of gave it a pass, because like, for anybody who remembers New Coke coming out in the 80s, like, you've had this discussion. <laughs> you always have that one friend who, uh, for some reason, liked New Coke. And everyone yeah. else was just like, you're a weirdo, we never want to talk to you again. It's sweeter. Bolder. I forget what the other descriptor he says. Something dumb. I don't know. But I, I basically, like, turned my brain off for that segment, because I was just like, no... No, I don't need this. It's fine. Oh, fuck. All right, well, that brings us to it then. Uh, well, I, I think we haven't we haven't talked about Billy at all, which is interesting, being that like Billy is the main physical presence that is the the enemy for the entire season up until the mind right. flayer actually constitutes his body. So, I, like, Billy is taken over by the Mind Flayer as he goes to fuck Nancy Wheeler because uh, <laughs> they set that they set that up and they paid it off in not the Nancy first and Wheeler, last Karen Wheeler, uh, Karen Wheeler. Uh, but they set that up in the last episode of season two and they pay it like pay it off in season at the beginning of season three, where he works at a life as a lifeguard. Uh, Karen goes to the pool and they set up private lessons for her to be a better swimmer. And uh, he's heading over there, and she decides that she wants to be a faithful wife, and okay, whatever. But then his car wrecks, and he's over at the steel mill, and then the mind flayer flays his mind. Yeah, so he he's the first of the flayed, and he's like, for lack of a better term, like he's the uh, like the mind flayer's main general or whatever. Like he's the 
he's the agent provocateur who's like you know recruiting these people and like having the monster take over them uh which is pretty cool it makes sense being that billy is probably the most physically imposing person that mm-hmm. we know of in Str- in stranger things outside of the the terminator russian but regardless like billy is the character we know versus will like especially when the thing does take over his body like it enhances his strength and like physical prowess i guess to the point where like he's punching through brick walls and shit like ripping yeah. doors off their hinges and uh how do you how do you pronounce his name is it daker dakre the actor sure i call i just da- call him jason from power rangers yeah i don't know it i'm going to say Dockeray, Dockeray Montgomery. That doesn't seem yeah. right. Daker. His name's Daker. I'll I'll call him. Yeah, yeah I'll just Dacre. call I'll just call him Jason. Uh, so Jason has a a weird mustache in this season, and I don't like it. But other than that, he is a very good actor. So here's my thing. I think he has the shitty mustache on purpose because he's uh maybe because he's 18. an '80s creep. He's a, he's an '80s. Uh, tough guy uh, who's still in high school and therefore thinks any amount of facial hair is cool. Yeah. We even get a backstory for him and why he is the way he is, even though I don't think we really needed it because we already knew why he is the way he is yeah. at the end of season two when his dad uh, comes up to him and starts beating him up because uh, Max left. Mm-hmm. I-, I guess it pays off in the final episode, but that's about it. I don't know. He had some incredible acting moments in this season though. Like I I'm going to miss him going forward cuz uh like he he just could turn on a dime from being like menacing and uh then you know something would happen where like the mind flare's control over him loosened a bit and you would get Billy again and he would be like heartbroken or like remorseful. So uh, I thought that was very, very good. Like, he is the perfect person for this role. Right. And, uh, yeah, I liked him a lot. Yeah, I did too. Uh, I thought he was imposing when he had to be. He was uh, more human when he had to be, like you said. I think it was great for the role. Uh, and, and that leads me into the final thought that I had, really, with the, the show, is that, like, there's actually stakes to this season, for mm-hmm. once. Like, uh, last season, Bob Newby died. And it was like, okay, he was an ancillary character who just showed up for this season, he, he, and he died. Uh, whatever. It's like a Barb situation where it's like, okay, this character right. isn't all that significant to the plot going forward, so they can die. So this is the thing that I thought really pushed this over the top and made it the best season. Like, Eleven's powers aren't just the the plot hole filler. Like, she does doesn't just come in and resolve everything at the 11th hour as we've had happen for two seasons in a row. Right. Eleven is vulnerable in this. Like, there's moments where she is in extreme danger or loses access to her powers completely. And uh, that's such a huge benefit to the show because not only, like, does it create a good sense of, like, the stakes being high... But it lets other characters come in and do things. Right. Like, we get uh, her fighting Billy in in the uh, the sauna, 
and Billy is able to take, you know, some of the punishment that she's able to give out. And then because he is just stronger than her, uh, because, you know, it's one is Billy and two, she's like a 13 year old girl. Like, uh, she doesn't bodybuild in any way, shape or form. So like if he can get his hands on her, like, yeah, she's fucked. And you even see that with the mind flayer or the meat flayer, uh, at the, in episode seven, when it gets a hold of her and she can't do anything with her powers, it, yeah. it just overpowers her. So it, it lets, like you said, it lets other people do stuff. Like Nancy, for instance, just like shooting it, or Jonathan chopping off the tendril that uh, they had around uh, Eleven's leg. Yeah, and then Lucas grabbed the axe and started fucking marking it pretty hard. I don't know the the whole like battle in the mall at the end. Uh, I thought that was great. Like they all started throwing the fireworks and shit at it because the right. monster hates the heat. And that was the point that like, I almost called you because, uh, as soon as like the explosion started going off, I was like, cause it's all fireworks and stuff. Cause it takes place on July 4th. Uh, I just stood up and shouted today. We celebrate our independence day. <laughs> Uh, and it was good. Uh, I want to talk about Hopper. So, like, the whole Hopper-Joyce thing. Well, more more broadly, I guess, like, they always split the children and the adults off from each other at some point. And, like, the kids are supposed to be safe but end up in danger, while the adults are supposed to be going into danger and end up, like, kind of blundering through things. Like that's that's happened multiple times in the show, and yeah, sure. uh, like I don't know, it's it's not a bad thing. I just I think it's interesting. I guess yeah. it's like the the kids are more like unwilling heroes at a lot of times, and uh, the adults are like trying to be heroes but fucking it up half the time. No, because they're adults and. Uh, this is still one of those movies where the the adults are, or one of those shows where it's playing off the eighties trope that adults are idiots and don't do anything, right. and therefore the kids have to do it. But like they still make the the adults semi useful. Yeah, totally. All right, uh, I want to talk about Hopper, Joyce, and uh, what I will effectively call the defense against the dark arts teacher position. That uh, <laughs> any romantic relationship she has, kind of invokes so uh last season bob died uh the season before that she was already separated from her husband and this season just as her relationship with hopper is starting to blossom uh or become something uh hopper is seemingly and we'll get to this in a minute uh because if a certain thing happens dan is done with the show uh, seemingly killed at when, during the explosion of the tunnel machine to the upside down so that that's that's really what I'm talking about when there's stakes because like Billy had to die based off of what we saw with the mind flayer stuff, which is where uh, everyone melts into the mind flayer and gives him flesh. So having Billy actually sacrifice himself at the end, good. He needed to redeem himself in some way because as you see through the flashbacks, and that's like the only good thing about the flashbacks is like you see he wasn't a total monster. It was it was just that like nature made him a monster because of how he was raised. Right. So, or nurture, I guess. Nurture is the correct term. So, having Hopper die, who is one of your main characters, sets up actual fucking stakes for this show. And okay. it's great. I love so, it. 
I know that you want a certain payoff for that, but I'm going to tell you this right now so that you can resolve it in your mind. It's never going to be resolved. It's Hopper is not dead. I know he's not, and it's stupid. They've never killed a named character in this show and not shown you the body. Like, you're supposed to just assume that he got vaporized or whatever whenever the the portal collapsed or whatever. Right. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. And, and there's, like, there's a post-credit scene in this, which is interesting because it's eight episodes of a TV show. But, uh, like, they kind of leave it on the note that, like, you know, Hopper's dead, everybody's... You know, half the kids are moving away and right. trying to start new lives or whatever. And But, uh, so, like, at the end of season one, Eleven disappears. Mm-hmm. Uh, she comes back. I, it's it's a similar thing, I feel. Like, they're, they're drawing that parallel. Uh, but I'm pretty sure, because, like, the post-credit scene takes place in essentially a Russian gulag. Correct. And they I wanted go... to bring this up, so I'm glad you are too. Yeah, so they go past one cell and the, the one soldier's like, No, not the American, let's grab this guy and like go to the next cell. So Hopper's in a Russian gulag where he got teleportaled. Yes. I know I know he is. Yeah. But my problem with that is that they spend twenty fucking minutes of the final episode of the final episode eulogizing him. If he's going to be dead, don't spend... Or if he's going to come back alive, don't eulogize him. Don't do that. Don't waste the time on it. Just get it over with. Make it as fast as possible. Don't leave this heartfelt note uh, where L reads the, the note he was going to basically say to Eleven and Mike, but Mike decided to keep making fun of him because Mike's a giant piece of shit. Uh like, like, don't you? You can't have all of these nice little ending moments for that character, and then bring him fucking back. You can't yeah. do that narratively. It's it's bad. Like, it's it's like Game of Thrones level bad. And, and I'm speaking based off of the way everyone speaks of the final two seasons being a, a garbage can. I'm I'm all right with it if they bring him back in the right way. Don't have him fucking just show up and be like. I was alive the whole time, you know? Yeah. But, like, I don't know. I I, I said it when whenever you brought it up over in our Discord about Stranger Things, saying that Hopper's alive, he is the, the American. And I said, oh, there's an American, it's, it's Hopper. And yeah. I got I just got irrationally mad because it's I mean, I hope that it isn't. Out. I hope it I, isn't either. I hope there's a different American and that's a red herring and that you know, Hopper ends up being trapped in the upside down or something. That would be better. Like he yeah. jumped into, he jumped into the beam instead and, um, you know, got sent into the upside down, has been living in the upside down for X number of period of time. Like that's less cheap than, than him being the American in the gulag. But, but the best, the best case scenario would be if he's just dead. <laughs> he's just dead. Right. If you're going to bring him back, have him trapped in the upside down. Yeah. That is, it's the it's the least bad way of handling it, but like everything other than him being dead is bad. So there's there's one nitpick that I had that also comes from that post credit scene. 
uh, is because like they drag this prisoner out, they put him in like this chain link. Uh, it's basically hell in the cell uh, that they lock him in, and they raise the gate and out steps uh, a fully grown demogorgon. Now, at the end of season two. Well, all of the Demogorgon creatures died because the, the portal closed and, you know, they were no longer connected to the Mind Flayer's, like, essence, which, which like, they still haven't explained what that is. Like, if he's just, like, the, the, like, the spirit of that planet or whatever, like, he animates everything else, so he's, like, the puppet master pulling the strings or what. But uh-huh. anyway, so they, they close the portal again. And, like, the meat flare dies and whatever. So, at the end, this uh, fully grown Demogorgon steps out. And it's just like, alright, so that... Like, first of all, they pulled one of these through the portal, captured it, and, like, this is a, a biological weapons testing facility or whatever. Right. But... Like, can, can we tame these in order to do our, what we want? Uh, Which, it's cool. It's a cool little... Um, nod to what's going to happen next, but at the same time, like, why did it not just die whenever the portal closed? Which, which is pretty easily hand waved away by them just being like, "Oh, well, we haven't revealed everything about how they work yet." But, eh, yeah, I, I can see that. But you know, my my nitpick is still going to be, "Oh, it's the American," and then Hop out out, out steps Hopper. <laughs> like I would I would infinitely rather it be uh another number person. Ooh. I I would I that would be infinitely better. That'd be amazing. Like they 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 captured a number and they've been using Cause, their powers to well, do wasn't something. Eight or whatever her name was, wasn't she the only one that was left alive besides eleven? Was she? I th- Thought that I, I they had said that. that in season two, I don't think so. But I don't know. I don't. I just watched season two and I don't remember that at all. Ma- mainly uh-huh. because like I sat there to that episode like fucking drool coming out of my mouth because I just didn't care. <laughs> yeah, despite those few little nitpicks, like I and I don't know how they would have corrected those things. But uh, aside from all that, like. Like I said, I do think that this is the strongest season that they've had yet. Like yeah. I loved this. The show grew up finally. Where I mean, mm-hmm. they're not kids anymore; they're they're teenagers, and that means we can get to more adult themes, and therefore that means people die and hopefully stay dead. Hopper. Yeah, and they totally have the Toy Story moment where you know the kids pass down their toys to the next generation. But we're still, of course, going to get that same generation. Right. Because because they're the main characters of the show. Right. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I, I don't know. There, there's a lot of loose threads like, okay, uh, who who's going to be the main bad? Is it going to be the Russians this season? Uh, like, are they going to come to America and invade with their Demodog ar- army? Is that, like, what's happening there? Like, uh, you know, what, what are Will... Eleven, Joyce, and Jonathan going to do, uh, and you know what's the new status quo for everyone back in Hawkins? Being that fucking like fifty people from their town just suddenly died, and no one knows where their right. bodies are or anything. 
because they're all absorbed into the fucking meat flare. Yeah, well, like, they have the whole thing after that resolves, too, about the government cover-ups and shit. And they, like, the news stories, like, yeah, they, like, people disappeared and, you know, the government said blah, blah, blah. So, like, I'd, I'd like that to come back and not just be hand-waved away. Right. I don't know, I was thinking about it and I kind of realized how similar this is to like the first Half-Life game where it's just like oh the government fucking made this portal and now there's all these like nightmare creatures and shit but uh I don't know I think it would be cool going forward if like maybe there's some sort of force in the upside down that's opposed to the mind flare that like actually helps the humans um like that that would be interesting that might be interesting or like they discover there's like another world where there's like good i don't know, like that would that probably <laughs> that would get a bit too fantastic that's that's where they go yeah. the oa season 3 and they they go to this reality where it's them like as real people but they also have powers the oa part 2 is fucking bizarre everybody uh <laughs> but my God, is it interesting as fuck? Just like this. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know where they'll go from this point. But uh, like I said, I, I I like this a lot. I liked that they didn't have to send people to the Upside Down or have like another version of a Demogorgon. Like it was, if they carried over a lot of the same creatures, with the exception of like the meat dogs that were uh, made out of the the asshole guys that uh, Nancy. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what would you rate this bad boy? I originally said five, but uh, through our discussion, I'm only going to bring it down half a star. It's a it's a it's a four and a half out of five. Uh, the Erica character just annoyed me too much, and that whole. I know it's silly to, like, combine that, like, little seeming nitpicks into, like, a whole, like, half star. But, like, also the never-ending story bit was both of those just combined to be aggravating. And at least one of those could have been cleaned up through tighter editing. And the other one, it would have required a complete rewrite of the character and probably betrayed the character in the first place. So... Uh, I can excuse the one, but not the other. But, yeah, four and a half. It, like I said, that is the highest I've ever rated a Stranger Things season anyway. Uh, everybody who uh, wonders, I gave both seasons one and two four stars because I thought they were great seasons. This is an amazing season. Yeah. I think based on me liking this season the best out of the three, um, I'm going to retroactively change my ratings for the first two seasons. So, like, the first season would be a four and a half now. And season two would be a four. And this this gets the five. There's there's a couple little nitpicks, like I said, but like I yeah. wasn't bored for any moment of this yeah, show. Yeah, I wasn't bored either. Well, I was bored for a minute when when the singing ne- when the singing <laughs> kicked in. But yeah, I th- I think this is absolutely like a masterwork. I was pleasantly surprised. Because I thought that the narrative thrust of the show would continue unabated. And this brought in a lot of new elements that I wasn't expecting. And it kept it fresh. 
and it exceeded everything that the show has done previously. Yeah, and it took it in a new direction, which was probably the most important part because uh, I know some people feel like season two is a, a bit of a rehash of season one, and I don't really see that as much, but like, uh, I, I kind of get what they're saying there. This, like, they've done nothing like this before. Uh, so there, there was nothing to rehash. Mm-hmm. All right, well, why don't we cut into another quick break, and when we come back... We're going to continue talking about Stranger Things 3, this time in video game form. The Netflix and Swell podcast is brought to you by our patrons. Gerald from Two Peas on a Podcast, Nick from the Epic Film Guys podcast, Paul from the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast, the IMDb Journey podcast, Julio from the Contrarians podcast, Ashley Gorski from the Rabbit Ears TV podcast, Brian Shampoo, Bill Sutton, James Delarosa, and our executive level patron, Ben Kiefer. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at patreon.com slash Netflix and Swill. In order to reach a wider audience, the show needs Apple Podcast reviews. To leave us a review, follow the link in the show notes or search for the show on iTunes. Apple Podcast reviews are a great way to make us say whatever you want, and when we hit certain review goals, we offer incentives such as free merch from our store or reviews of Sharknado movies. Even if all you did was download the show, thanks for helping us grow. You're an important part of what we do, and without you, Netflix and Swill wouldn't exist. And welcome back, everybody. Caleb, uh, a tangential Netflix thing happened that wasn't on Netflix itself, but was uh, coming to Xbox... PS4 and Nintendo Switch platforms. I, of course, am talking about Stranger Things 3, the game. Now, I only played about two hours of the game. I've played four hours of the game. It is trophy enabled and it does have a platinum, so of course, Dan is very happy. That means nice. nothing to anybody. And but, I have been playing the Nintendo Switch version because I like to lie in bed while I play my video games. General facts this is developed by Bonus XP. It is a 16 bit beat em up game that's I, I believe the term is isometric but i could yeah, be it's, wrong with it's that. isometric like 2.5 d top down is like the the way i describe those games i guess yeah. it's like uh it's like the old diablo but instead of like i guess it's like an rpg slash beat em up because it definitely has rpg elements right because every character kind of fulfills their own role with their own mm -hmm. special ability and uh, it has RPG elements in the sense that um, The Legend of Zelda has RPG elements because, like, you like you don't gain experience and level up your characters. You level them up by acquiring items, right, and equipping them in different ways. Right, you they're they're called trinkets. You you craft them through uh obtaining items like motor motor oil duct tape and a metal tube uh gets you somehow uh to some awesome kicks or something like that like some of them don't quite make sense as to how they all <laughs> combine together to make the thing they're making but uh so they do yeah and uh they stack so if you really want to max out one stat you can like make a bunch of the same thing and and equip them all like i you can equip up to five different trinkets to boost your character so the things that i've been using are like three chest armors which or uh 
two chest armors, which they each increase your hit points by like, I think it's 350. Oh, wow. So I have 700 extra hit points altogether. And then I have the Zoomer, which is Max's skateboard, which gives you a 20% speed increase. And then I have two Nail Bats, which give you, uh, I think, a 20% increase to your uh, melee attacks. Huh. Okay. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a half as far as you. Uh, I'm in the middle of Chapter 3, though. Okay. Like I'm the- in, I think, the middle of Chapter 5. So the the game goes a little bit more briskly than the actual show does, depending on how you're playing mm-hmm. it. Uh, there's a collectible for gnomes. Uh, the the gnomes are somewhat a little hard to tell where they are. Like there are some that are like obvious to, as to where they are, but then it's like, okay, how the fuck do I get there? Yeah, I think I've found like 28 gnomes so far. I'm around like 10 to 15. You'd have gotten uh, one of the trophies for finding half the gnomes. Because, of course, I looked at the trophy list. <laughs> it was the first thing I did, actually. None of them are missable. Uh, they're all, I, I believe, with the exception of the gnome nice. one, which is like a collectible one. So that it's missable only if you stop doing the, the collect-a-thon. Uh, I don't know if like there's a, if the world remains open afterwards. Like, after you beat the game, I, I don't know if the world stays open after that, so... Uh, you might have to collect all of them in one playthrough or maybe okay. I know there's a new there's a new game plus version and maybe your progress huh. will carry forward into that but but I don't know. I like this game a lot. Like the the gameplay is fairly simple. Yeah. But it's it's fun and rewarding and it it does move along at a a quick pace. Like the graphics being more old school kind of ties into the theme of the show. But, like, it's not, like, it's more like Super Nintendo, which didn't exist at the time. But, like, if they would have done it with, like, Atari graphics, that would have sucked. <laughs> yeah. So so this is a good compromise. Well, I don't know if you've played the game Shovel Knight, but it's basically the same thing, mm-hmm. like, the same kind of art style, uh, except it's a side-scrolling game because uh, it's modeled off of... Um, Mega Man. Me- yeah, Mega Man. Actually, it's exactly Mega Man. Uh, so at the beginning of the game, you start with, uh, uh, fuck Mike and Lucas, and then you eventually start to unlock all the characters. Uh, so far based off of the trophy list, uh, which is how I'm guessing how the entire game goes. Uh, the hardest character to unlock is will. And that makes sense narratively with stranger things. The, the season as to why he's the hardest character to unlock. Actually, I've already got will he, you get him as part of the story. Like at a certain point, oh. he just joins you. Okay, uh, I'm basing that off of trophy rarity because uh, no one okay. has gotten Will yet, according to the trophies. I have um, two more characters to get. Uh, the next one that I should get is Erica, and then I'm not sure who the next one is. I'm think I I'm guessing it's Steve. Oh really? Maybe you haven't gotten Steve yet. No. Huh. Like he's a he's a story character that like I go and talk to, but he hasn't joined my yeah. group. Yeah, you run into a, you you go to scoops the whole like you follow the plot of the of the yeah the which season, sort of which I thought was really interesting because I played through half of this game before I started watching the show. So like whenever stuff would happen in the show, I'd be like, oh okay, this is this is the, like that point of the story, but uh. This is a good companion to it, but if you 
for whatever reason can't watch the show and just want to marathon through the game like this is a, a complete experience like it gives you the story so right like you're gonna get weird things that happen like uh for instance uh when m- you go to recruit Nancy and Jonathan for your your party uh you you go with them to uh Mrs. Driscoll's house and but like you can walk through Mrs. Driscoll's house as like Lucas 11 uh mm-hmm. max so like from that aspect like it's a, it's a bit jarring but not really cuz it doesn't fucking matter because like the characters that need to talk will still talk yeah that's one thing i've been trying to do is like play through the game with the characters who were involved in those story moments it's like i'm actually kind of stuck right now because uh i'm at the hospital part where mm-hmm. you have to fight bruce and tom and that's a pretty difficult boss fight. Yeah, if you're playing with Nancy and Jonathan, because uh, Nancy's ability, and, and I don't like Nancy playing as Nancy because her character she she carries around scissors, and uh, her basic attacks. Her, her thing don't is do, she gets better critical hits. She her basic attacks barely do any damage, but she has improved critical rate, and I don't find that fun. Like because it's just yeah. random. If if you get criticals. Yeah, you would have to build towards it with the right trinkets to increase your critical rate. And to me, this is not fun because it's like, okay, I'm hoping to actually kill you using criticals. Cool. Uh, uh, I'm getting nothing but fucking 16s on my strikes right now. This is great. Yeah, that would be one big improvement to this game is like to be able to customize the trinkets to the character. It's so like yes. whenever you switch to Nancy, it automatically puts on like the, the critical thing. And like whenever you because like, uh, like I said, I, I've been using the nail bats. But like if I play as 11, the nail bat doesn't do anything for her. Right. Because she has like an her AOE attacks attack. aren't physical. Yeah. yeah. So like that would be that would be a good way to improve the game. I don't know. It's it is a lot of fun, though. It's I've been enjoying it. Yeah. It's a nice sit down, turn off your brain. The boss fights are really difficult because, uh, like, each one has a trick to it. And like I said, I'm st- I'm stuck with uh, Tom and Bruce at the hospital right now because, mm-hmm. like, I haven't quite figured out because they're you fight them both at the same time. Oof. And uh, so, like, similar to in the show, like if you hit one of them, it hurts the other one also. But if they get close to each other they uh heal while they're in proximity to each other so basically you have to have like i said i've been playing as nancy and jonathan for that part so you have to have nancy fighting one of them and jonathan fighting the other and try to keep them separated so that you can actually like keep doing damage to them right so uh, i haven't quite figured out that gimmick yet but for the most part uh, the gameplay is, it's fun, but it's kind of mindless. So yeah. like you just, you just mash the A button to do damage and then use uh, a healing kit whenever you need to. Um, there is a way to block attacks to like reduce the damage and to I gain, never use that. to gain better damage. But yeah, like there's, there's like an element of timing to it and it's not like the game doesn't do a good job of teaching you how to do it properly. Yeah, it's just so like, I just hey, haven't you been can doing use this it. to block. 
Uh, and if you time yeah. the block correctly, you can fucking uh, do extra damage. It's like, cool. But I'm not, I could do damage while I'm blocking. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't matter. But yeah, also, like, the the enemies aren't easy to read to, like, to know when you're supposed to block. So, mm-hmm. uh, like, most of the time when I do try to block, I'll either end up stunning myself, because if you hold a block too long, it, it stuns you. Or, like, I'll let go of the block too early, and the enemy just hits me anyway, and I'm like, all right, well, I could have attacked it three times, so. Yeah. Man, uh, I, I might have, like, a full, I might be done with the game by the time we, we record next week, but uh, as of right now, it's a $20 game. Uh, I didn't expect too much out of it based off of, one, the graphics, and two, the, the entire gameplay style. So, uh, for what I'm getting out of it, it's it's fine. It's good. Yeah, I I'll go I'll go a step past that. I like it's it's pretty good. I actually like it quite a bit. Um it's not going to be like a game of the year contender or anything, but it's a fun little diversion. Yeah. No, it's definitely And not for 20 that. bucks, you know, it's it's one of the best like $20 games that I've gotten lately. Yeah, sure. I uh, I am hoping that what the fuck's it called? Dark Crystal Age of Resistance Tactics is an excellent game being that it's a tactics game it seems modeled off of final fantasy tactics yeah and it looks like it's going to be a more robust like gameplay driven type experience right i have more expectations for that than i did this i like that you can drink new coke to uh get more energy for your character's like ultimate abilities right it's like uh 11's special ability is like she she does like an aoe like psychic nuke type thing uh which is pretty cool so you can do that and then like pound a couple cans of new coke and then do it again yeah her hers is the only ability that i know of that uses two energy points Mm -hmm. mainly just due to how powerful it is and they needed to balance it some way there's a trinket that you can get that's specifically for her that uh, it increases the power of her psychic attacks, and it makes her special ability only cost one stack of energy instead of two. Okay, that's fine. So that actually makes her really good. But like you said, with that, like you almost wish the trinkets were customizable for the character. Like anytime you're mm-hmm. using the character, like it, they just had and, their yeah. Trinket. Instead of having to drop into the menu and do that, because like it also, because uh, characters have like overworld abilities where like uh joyce gets like bolt cutters so she can cut through areas that are like chained off that that's what i've been doing recently is uh going through yeah and it's cool because it rewards exploration you can go back to areas you've already been and and do all that um dustin has a thing where he can hack like security pads uh erica can crawl through vents because she's small but like anytime you use one of those abilities it switches you to that character. So then, like, if you're trying to play as a certain character, you have to manually switch back to them. Right. So, yeah, there's just little little tweaks that would have improved the game a lot. And, like, I can't imagine that the developers didn't know about it at the time. So, I don't know. Yeah, that's a... Uh... That's a game review for Stranger Things the game. Uh hi hi Shake and not noob. How are you? 
it's fun to have something else to talk about, I guess. I've, this is the first time I've ever reviewed a game besides just like arguing about it with you. And people online about how the national decks doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> and then getting downvoted. You don't actually care about Pokemon. Okay. Nice gatekeep. Uh, uh, well, that's, I, I think, it for this week's show. Uh, I do want to plug a couple things before we get out of here. Uh, first and foremost, please drop us a review on Apple Podcasts, uh, as that giveaway for a $100 US Netflix gift card is still ongoing, and we didn't get a review again this week. So uh, do better, everybody. Uh, also, I will be on In Session Film uh, this week, episode 333, to talk about Spider-Man Far From Home, which... Uh, I have thoughts on. And also, we're going to be talking about our top five movies of 2019 so far. What is Dan's number one movie? Is it a Netflix original? Listen in and find out. All right. Uh, next week on the show, we're going to talk about, I, I think it's called Point Blank. It's that uh, movie starring Crossbones and Falcon. And it looks good. Nice. Also, uh, Patreon people, uh, I will be putting a link over or a post over on Patreon uh, for those of you who are supporting us at the $5 or higher level uh, where we ask you for your patron review segment stuff. So we'll do one of those next week as well. You already told them where they can find us. Oh, no. Uh, you can find us at NetflixAndSwill.com. There you can find links to our Patreon, uh, our Apple podcast page, and other things. Like, uh, uh, yeah. All right. And until next week, this is Caleb saying, we'll see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family. Turn around. Look at what you see in her face. The mirror of your dreams. Make believe I'm everywhere. Hidden nope, in the done. lines. You're done. You're done. You're done. You're Written done. on done. the pages is the answer nah. to a never ending story. You're done. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Just okay. like just like in the actual show that went on for far too long. <laughs> <laughs>